to Healthy and Happy, a program sponsored by the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and aired right here on NCUFM, your education and your wellness station. It's NCUFM 91.1, 91.3, and of course, 91.5. We have so much in store for you this week, so we invite you to stay tuned to this edition of Healthy and Happy. I'm your host, Adise Jonas Murphy. We'll be right back. Thank you so very much for staying with us right here on your education and wellness station, NCUFM. I'm so delighted this week to have in studio Carmen Hope Thomas. Now, there's no other way to describe Carmen than an overcomer. Yes, she's an overcomer. Whatever obstacles face her, by the grace of God, she gets over them. She crosses them, you know, those hurdles. And of course, God takes her to the next and she continues to do so. We're going to be featuring Carmen. Carmen's story this week because she is a living, walking, breathing miracle. And I think it is fitting for us to title this episode, Miracles Still Happen. Mm. Of course, the story of Carmen Hope Thomas. Carmen Hope. I like Carmen Hope. (laughs) How are you, Carmen? I'm wonderful. How are you? I am good. Thank you so very much for being with us in studio today. I'm hearing your American accent. Mm. um, So I guess I should say welcome to Jamaica. Thank you so much. I should have brought my husband and then you would have heard the other accent. The other (laughs) accent. No problem. Let's start from there. Before we head into your story, you obviously you're born and raised in America, in the United States, which state? Florida. Florida. That's like the 15th parish of Jamaica. You know that, right? Yeah. Yeah, It's just down the road from us. So um, you're born and raised in Florida, but you ended up in Jamaica. How did that happen? Oh, wow. That's a big story. Uh, But I'll give you the cliff note version. Mm -hmm. My husband and I made a decision back in 2018 Mm -hmm. that um, we were going to follow the leading of the Lord and leave the United States. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have two sons Mm -hmm. and my eldest son was really having some challenges in mm-hmm. school. Right. Not only that, but back in 2000, I want to say 10 or 11, mm-hmm. there was a school shooting where we lived. That kind of shook us up. One of the students who passed was a member of a local Adventist church. Right. And it just hit a little too close to home. It was always something that was on my mind mm-hmm. um, that it could happen again, right. um, especially being that we had moved him to a lot of schools mm-hmm. in recent years of being there. Mm-hmm. And uh, anger issues, not really being able to navigate the racial tensions. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband just felt like he didn't have to live there. Right. He didn't have to raise his kids there mm-hmm. uh, because he knew that here, that wasn't a challenge. Right. So the family packed up, the family moved back to Jamaica. But even before that happened, you were in Florida. I recall in an interview you did uh, with Hope Channel some time ago, you were talking about this life-changing event that took place. Oh, wow. Uh, You were at, was it a hotel? Yes. My husband is a lecturer. He does seminars. Mm -hmm. And so we were in Florida and we always had a deal that if he was going to be gone for more than three to four weeks, that the whole whole family had to go. Uh, (laughs) Because we had a little one. My son, my youngest at the time was was about one Mm -hmm. and he would go off. And then when he come back, it would take him about a month to get back into daddy so we decided that we had to go together and so we all went and uh, while we were there things were going really well but Mm -hmm. 
I kept telling my husband uh, because it was 2015 and, and I was supposed to be at general conference. Right. And so I had to hurry. But then something just kept telling me, forget general conference, just just go home. Mm-hmm. Just just go home. And I, I said, why? Why would I do that? I had just finished my book, Seventh Day Gourmet. Mm-hmm. And I had worked it out with a friend that I was going to share a booth. The booths had been sold out for almost a year right. at General that, Conference. That's juicy. <laughs> I know. And, and so I was just trying to figure out, how am I going to work this out? Mm. And so still this nagging, just go home, go home, mm-hmm. go home. And so I was telling my husband. The hotel was in Florida and home was also in Florida. No, home was in Alabama. We lived in Huntsville oh. at the time. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. And so I kept telling my husband, we really need to go home. So he kept saying, okay, we'll go tomorrow. And then, he, okay, we'll go after the weekend. And he just kept mm. pushing it out and pushing it out. And then I just got fed up and I just checked out of the hotel. Mm-mm. He wasn't there. He was what? work. He was out. And when he got back, he was like, why did you check out? I said, because we're going home today. <laughs> so hold on. When did he find out you you checked out? You were on your way home and he called him and said, listen, honey. No, when he got, he was on his way. Uh-huh. And I had, I told him to meet me at a friend's house. Okay. Uh-huh. And when he got there, he was like, well, what about the hotel? And I said, look in the back of the truck. And all <laughs> of the stuff was packed in the truck. Yeah. So we weren't going back. Okay. So he realized. I'm you're serious. Business. Yeah. business. So you left the hotel. You're on your way back to Alabama. How far in terms of driving time that is a from orlando to huntsville is about nine and a half hours Mm, so who drove i drove you're serious man well i drove because (laughs) he had been out all day and by the time i got the kids packed up and fed and Mm -hmm. everything it was about 11 o'clock before we actually got on the road okay to go so Mm -hmm. he was too tired to do that 11 p.m 11 p.m yes Mm -hmm. and it was a nine and a half hour drive wow so you're driving home uh you have this nagging feeling to go home you don't know why i don't know why but you're driving home i'm driving home i were you okay physically i i felt like i was at Mm. that time i was i had my gospel music going as i was driving i got just north of Atlanta, my husband took over driving. We got home. My head was splitting at this moment. I was mm-hmm. full migraine mode. Mm-hmm. I cleaned up, unpacked the kids, told them to go outside and play, and I was going to go lay down and take a nap. But mm-hmm. I could not sleep because my head hurt so bad. Wow. And then later that day, my in-laws invited us over. They lived near and we had dinner with them, and the light in mm-hmm. their house was so sensitive to my eyes and my head. Mm-hmm. And after we ate, I just said, excused myself, and I said, I'm going to go home, let the kids and everybody stay here. I'm going to go home and go to bed. Mm-hmm. I couldn't sleep still, but my head was killing me, but I just said, all it is is sleep. I just need sleep. You normally have migraines? Never. Mm-hmm. So this was new for me. Right. Um, and I normally don't take anything, but I eventually took about 800 milligrams of Tylenol, which mm. I think is like Panadol mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. And it alleviated the pain a little bit, enough for me to fall asleep. But mm-hmm. I woke up about one in the morning with an urge to throw up. And so mm-hmm. I ran to my bathroom and I didn't make it quite. It mm. just kind of projectile mm-hmm. against the wall. <laughs> but what was interesting is, and this is where people say, how long were you blind? I have right. no idea. but <laughs> And I'm, I know I'm giving the story away. Mm-hmm. But my husband came and he cleaned me up. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was sweet that he didn't turn the light on because he knew that it I was been. sensitive to light. Okay, So I just felt like he cleaned me up in the dark, which was nice. Mm-hmm. The next morning is when we discovered I was blind. Hmm. Well, the next afternoon, because I slept all morning. So about four or five in the afternoon is when we discovered I was totally blind. All right. Just a second. So after 
that experience the night before, you know, having probably, I imagine, feeling a little better after throwing up, you would have gone back to bed mm-hmm. and you had no idea that your life was about to change. No. You, you just thought that everything dark was you walking in the dark. Yes. I just thought it was one in the morning, two in the morning. Mm-hmm. It, of course, it's dark. You went back to sleep. Did you have the headache at this point? I felt good enough to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. And then when I did... But when I was aware of the day, the next day, my helper had come. And Mm -hmm. so she was cleaning around me. And she said, I don't want to startle you, Miss Thomas. But I'm in your room and I'm just going to clean around you because you're sleeping. Mm -hmm. And I I just said, "Mm," you know, like, okay. Mm -hmm. But I I don't ever remember getting up. Okay. And from after my husband explained it to me, that was hours. Mm. Hours had gone by. By the time his mother showed up. So my mother-in-law shows up and she says to my husband, they were arguing in the front room. I could hear them. What is wrong with you? You know, in her accent. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. The, 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 that's what hospitals are for. And you take her to the hospital. This is this is not normal. And mm-hmm. so that's when she took the kids. Mm-hmm. And my husband said, mommy wants me to take you to the, to the doctor. Mm-hmm. What do you want to wear? And I said, just some clothes hanging up on the right side. There's some dresses. So at this point, you're awake now or you're still in and out of sleep? I was awake, but I thought I just was sitting there with my eyes closed. That's what I was thinking. Okay. Because I was so sensitive to light. And Mm -hmm. when he came back around with my dress, he said, Mm -hmm. you want to wear this one or you want to wear this one? And I said, well, turn the light on. I can't, I don't see what you're showing Mm -hmm. me. He said, light, it's four o'clock in the afternoon. Hmm? I sat up and I said, what? And I heard the click of the lamp. And I said, Jason, are my eyes open? Mm. He said, yeah, you're looking right at me. Oh, my Lord. And that's when I, a little shudder Mm. of panic. Mm -hmm. Because it's funny, when you're blind, a lot of people don't realize this. You you don't feel the sensation of a blink. Hmm. Now, these are all things that I learned from my experience. I literally did not feel myself blink. I didn't feel my eyeball. I didn't feel my lashes. I didn't feel it on my face. Mm -hmm. So, of course, my initial reaction was to touch my own face. Right. And I felt my eyes open. He says, you don't see me? And I said, no. And I reached out, and he was right in front of me. Wow. It's funny that the mind plays tricks because when we got out of the, we walked through the living room, I saw my living room. At least I thought I did. Mm-hmm. This was the night before? Or no, this, this was the day, no? this was me leaving to go to the doctor. Oh, okay. I thought I saw my living room. It wasn't until I got outside that I felt the summer sun. I could smell summer. I don't know if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, your senses are probably senses heightened. heightened. Mm-hmm. I could smell the summer. I could feel the sun. But I couldn't see anything. Mm -mm. So what is happening inside Carmen's head, inside her mind? You alluded to it a little bit, you know, a little shudder of fear. But then I got a calm. And my husband was amazingly calm. I don't is know. he usually a calm person? He No, he is a calm person. My It takes a lot to get Jason to panic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I was, I was calm mm-hmm. because he was calm. And mm-hmm. we decided to go to my doctor, not to the hospital. Right. I know that's crazy. but <laughs> My doctor's Adventist. I've had him since I was in college. I felt mm-hmm. comfortable with him. 
So I went to him, and of course, he wasn't expecting me. He had to work me in. This is all blessing now right. because at the end of it all, You'll I recognize yeah, God's working yeah. it out. So I go to him, and when we get in the back after waiting about 40 minutes, he says to me, Carmen, I don't know why you're here. All of your symptoms are screaming. You need to go to the emergency room. Mm-hmm. You need to go very fast. And the way he was touching my arm mm-hmm. was a, I could feel the concern mm-hmm. in him, and I could hear it in his voice. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh-oh. Now, if he's freaking out, then mm-hmm. I probably need to freak out. Did you have an inclination at that point what it could have been? Nobody knew. He didn't know. He told me he didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but he prayed. He called his nurses in and my husband. They encircled me and they prayed for me. Amen. Mm-hmm. And he told my husband, turn the flashers on, go straight to the hospital. And the hospital wasn't that far away. Mm-hmm. When we got to the hospital, the rushing around of the doctors and nurses let me know that this was this was not serious. Yeah, this was serious. Mm-hmm. And then one thing happened that I, I don't wish on anybody. My son, my mother-in-law brought the kids. Mm-hmm. And my oldest son, who was six at the time, said to my husband, he said, Daddy, is mommy dying? Oh, my. And my husband did not answer. Mm-hmm. Mm. That got me. Now, mm. that's when I started to kind of feel like he didn't say no. He didn't say he didn't say anything. Mm. When the doctor came in, they said, we've done a CAT scan. We're waiting for it to come back. But in the meantime, I think this is meningitis. I'm going to roll the dice here. This is risky, but I'm going to tap her spine. And he asked me, have you had a kid? I said, they're running around somewhere. I can hear them. He says, well, then you've had an epidural. Bend over. When he tapped my spine, Mm. the first thing I heard him say was, "Uh uh-oh. And you don't ever want to hear a doctor yeah, say, uh-oh. Yeah. But what he saw was blood in my spinal cord, fluid. Mm. And that was an d- indication that my brain was bleeding. Mm-mm. And so that's mm. when they started running around. And now this is, this is because all of this is showing how God works things out. Mm-hmm. The doctors come in. They tell my husband, we don't do this here. She's got to go to another hospital. My, hus- my husband says, where? They say Vanderbilt, which was about 150 miles away. Mm. My husband said, why Vanderbilt? They said, well, Vanderbilt does this. We don't. Mm-hmm. They call Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt says, we can take her, but it'll be 48 hours before we can operate. My husband asked the doctor, if it, we wait 48 hours, what does that mean? Well, she could have permanent damage, but she'll live. Hopefully, mm-hmm. she'll live. He said, but... We don't know what will happen with her sight. My husband said, that's not acceptable. Call another hospital. He says, well, that's the hospital we send people to. He says, well, there's one in Birmingham. There's one in Atlanta. Roughly, Atlanta would have been further, but Birmingham was roughly the same distance. Mm -hmm. The doctor says, well, we don't have relationships with Birmingham, but I'll call. When we call Birmingham, there was a doctor that was, what's interesting is this. The reason why I needed to go to Vanderbilt was because they had an endocrinologist, a neurosurgeon, and the ENT there, mm-hmm. which this hospital that I was at did not have. Right. Birmingham had a neurosurgeon who was board certified ENT plus a whole entire endocrinology wing. Mm-hmm. So they had everything I needed. And this doctor that was on call helping out a friend <laughs> had only been on call for 30 minutes, Mm-mm. which was the time I went to my doctor. Oh my. So if I had gone to the hospital and he had missed called him. Birmingham, he would not have. Mm. That's wow. why I say, and I know this is a radio. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I'm noise. <laughs> but listen, let me tell you something. Yeah. That's why when mm. people say to me, 
you speak with such passion, but yeah. you got to understand you 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 could rub people the wrong way. No, but, no, no. Let me tell you it's something. what God has done for I you, man. I have seen death. I looked at it straight in the face. Mm-hmm. You're not telling me that God has not called us all right. for a time. So I take my testimony around mm-hmm. with me mm-hmm. and I tell people, don't you understand right. this right here is something that a lot of people don't come out of. Mm. I've had doctor friends tell me, I have seen your situation not end up Living, the way that breathing it. miracle. Yeah. Mm. So I get to Birmingham. The doctor operates on me. Mm-hmm. The next morning, mm-hmm. I look at my husband in the window of my room. Friends, if you're just tuning into this blessed station, NCUFM, you're listening to the program Healthy and Happy. It is sponsored by the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and aired right here on this, your education and wellness station. We are speaking with Carmen Hope Thomas. Such an appropriate name, Hope. You know, I absolutely love it. She's telling us her story of um, how she just started her day regularly on a trip with her family in Florida. Mm-hmm. And out of the blue, she just had this urge to go back home, got home the next day, and everything just turned upside down. She went blind literally, literally. shortly after that. Mm-hmm. And she's taking us through her entire experience. I want to find out from you, Carmen. Where was your faith in all of this? I mean, your fourth generation Adventist, something yeah. we didn't mention at the top of the program, yeah. but your fourth generation Adventist, you know the church system, you grew up in church, you know marching to Zion, you sing faith is a victory. You pray, mm. you have a relationship with God, but then you are faced with this life-changing and threatening event. Mm. I think that one of the things that I've always strived to do, and this is something that my mom taught me, is that when we pray as children, we are taught several prayers mm-hmm. to recite. That gets us warmed up. Right. That's like our warmed up stage. Mm-hmm. Then you get to college or so, and you're at a point in your life where you need to learn how to discern. Right. Okay. Then you get to be a parent or an adult, and then you learn how to pray over, <laughs> you intercede. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you get to a point where you should be well-versed in how to hear God's voice, know mm-hmm. his leading, uh, be willing to, as Moses did mm-hmm. and as Abraham did, walk out on literal faith mm. when other people are telling you you're crazy but mm. you just you you're going because God is leading you right. that's where i felt like i was and god told me to go home i know my husband he didn't tell my husband but he told me but one thing about my relationship with my husband is we listen to each other mm-hmm. we don't argue about well you're not going to tell me to leave i i tell you know that we're beyond that Mm-hmm. When I told my husband it was time to go, he, he looked at me and he understood, okay, I don't know what's going on, but let's go. And he's done the same for me. When we moved here, it was that. Listen, mm-hmm. we leave. <laughs> that's, that's what he said. <laughs> we are leaving. Mm-hmm. I don't have to put up with this. We're right. going to Jamaica. Yeah. You know? And so that's where my faith was. Mm-hmm. And that's where all of our faith needs to get because mm-hmm. as we approach these very real time of trouble issues that others are having Mm -hmm. and that we will soon have, Mm -hmm. you have to be willing to step out when God says, go over there. You can't Mm -hmm. question that. And so where my faith was, it was exactly where it had worked its way up to being. Mm -hmm. 
as a child, I prayed like a child. Mm-hmm. Then when I got to college, I learned how to step to work my faith a little bit mm-hmm. with no money and mm-hmm. I'm doing my thing in university. Mm-hmm. And then when I got married, you know, learning to intercede for mm-hmm. other people. Now I'm a bit seasoned. I right. should be able to hear the Lord tell yes. me something. Yes. That's where my faith. Mm-hmm. That's where my prayer life has taken me. Mm-hmm. And even more so now, um, these challenges for me, these testimonies, mm-hmm. these tests have bred testimonies. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't like to tell stuff that happens mm-hmm. to us. It's we keep them private because I, I was about to say private. that. It. We don't want people in our business when God has given mm-hmm. this thing to you. So to, he, testify. to testify and to declare and show mm-hmm. that he still is doing what he's always done. Amen. Working yeah. miracles. I've I found that sometimes we, we're we not as open as we should. We're not as vulnerable as we should no. be because we're afraid of what people may think and what they may say yeah. about us and what we've been through or past, you know, um, how scarred we are, how broken we've been. And we don't want to invite any, we think. Yes. And to be that superstition, that's not God. Mm-hmm. We feel like when we open ourselves up, we invite more things to happen. Happen to us. No, mm-hmm. no that's yeah. the enemy talking. No. When God does things for you, and then you say, okay, Lord, now, and as I do, now that this has happened, mm-hmm. what do I do with it? Right. So how do you use your your obstacles um, as opportunities? Right. But before we go to that inspirational section, Carmen, take us back to the story. You uh, had done the surgery. God led you to Birmingham. Um, the doctor who needed to operate on you was there at the right time. Right I mean, time. he was actually on call for somebody else. else. I mean, it's crazy. She was, the, 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 my doctor. Oh, it's a female. So. Mm-hmm. But she was out of town or at a wedding or something right. that she had to go to. So she was, she had set this up. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. I had so many visitors in the hospital because I've knew a lot of people once you've had, you mm-hmm. sing and you do different things. People know who know you and you have people coming. I had friends coming from Atlanta, from Florida mm-hmm. to come see me and everything. One of the nurses came in and asked my husband, is your wife famous? <laughs> and he said, no. You mean because of all the visitors you asked me that? And she uh-huh. said, no, because of the doctor. And my husband wow. said, what do you mean? She said, if you had asked for him, you couldn't have gotten him. I, I told my husband, I said, are you serious? He said, that's what she said. If you had mm. asked for him, you wouldn't have gotten him. Mm. And after he had that came and he checked on me after the surgery yeah i took a picture with him which mm-hmm. you can find on facebook mm-hmm. i took a picture with him and, that was and i it. never saw him that's the angel man absolutely that's the angel so you did the surgery you woke up the the next morning yes and lo and behold you saw the love of your life standing at the window was and it he looked like he was lost Mm-mm. and i saw it i think he, it finally settled in for him that this was big and oh mm. my goodness. And I called to him and he looked and he looked at me like twice because I guess he could see that my eyes that were connected. Yes. And he said, oh my God. But he broke down and he cried. God is good. I, I can't imagine what that moment felt like. But hold on though. Your first reaction when you realized you could see. Yeah. What I was just, that? I don't know. I, I felt like I had been asleep all that time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all that Finally, time. some lights up in here. Some light, and mm. it was light. Your vision was restored. Um, you're able to connect with your 
husband, how did the rest of the family um, receive uh, this moment? Where were they? Where were the boys? The boys were there. They came. I think my boys were confused. Uh, <laughs> they were young, six and one. Mm-hmm. Um, my mother-in-law came. My sisters came um, from Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone came to check in on me. And it was beautiful. It was it was amazing. My cousin came. Mm-hmm. So we we... We all just kind of were in awe of it all. But at the end of it, you know, we just we just praise God. Amen. Amen. We just praise God. You know, uh, so shortly after that, friends, um, so many ministries were born for Carmen. Uh, she eventually completed a book she had started writing before. Yes. Uh, not only that, but she um, she went on to form a hair care product, and I'm being told that I'm out of time. So you know we're going to have to do a, a part two. <laughs> uh, but Carol, we have to wrap this week's episode here. Um, somebody may be struggling with their faith walk right now. Somebody may be, you know, in just a deep, dark place, literally, mm. um, has been through so much. Um, what word of encouragement um, can you leave with them? I think the one thing that I want every body, especially women, to know, when things are starting to happen to you, mm-hmm. you and you're looking at it as, Lord, I can't take any more of this, you have to turn that thing around and recognize that God is mm-hmm. trying to use you yes. in this experience for something else. Mm-hmm. Once you get to that point, once you recognize that things have happened, mm. there are tests that are happening. You have to have your testimony mm. prepared and ready. And then not just a testimony. Testimonies are always to breed yes. ministries. Amen. Amen. What's the good of a testimony if you're not in a place or you don't put yourself in position to minister? Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about, you don't have to be called. You don't have to go to NCU. You don't mm-hmm. have to. This is about you just being willing yeah. to share God's good news with somebody mm-hmm. else so Amen. that they can make it through. Mm. That's what testimonies are about. We are indeed thankful for your testimony. Thankful Mm. for you sharing with us this week on Healthy and Happy, how good God has been to you and reigniting a passion and purpose for listeners and even for me Mm. as to um, why it's important to keep our faith anchored in the Lord. Indeed, he has a purpose for each of us and the things that happen to us are not by chance. No, They are for the greater good. You know, Romans 8, 28 tells us Mm. and we know that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord. Um, Yeah, nothing happens by chance, friends. So you're going to have to come back with us next week for the um, second part of Carmen's uh, testimony. You don't want to miss it. On behalf of our hard-working production team, we say thank you for joining us. Our technical director, Errol Vaz, thank you for your time and your dedication. Until next time, I'm Adis Jonas Murphy wishing you God's richest blessings. I am a living testimony save anybody If you only trust in Him He will save you from your sin Cleanse your heart within Say I'm a living testimony That Christ can save anybody Trust in Him He 
Save you from the rain. 